Now is the perfect time for Jim Harbaugh to leave college football and go to the NFL. You are locked on college football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On College Football. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thanks so much for making this your first listen or your first view every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the biggest stories in the greatest sport on earth. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Every new hire these days can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions do indeed apply. So Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan this year just became a hero of that university. I don't know how much higher your stock can get up there in Ann Arbor than going 15-0 and and winning the national championship. We'll also talk about his quarterback going to the NFL later, another quarterback, and the situations that are being left behind at USC and Michigan, respectively, and wide receiver transfer portal galore coming up later in the show. But Harbaugh is in a situation right now where he has climbed the mountaintop, It was a slow and steady build to get to this point, slower than some people probably even realize. Can you name off the top of your head when Jim Harbaugh was first hired at Michigan? Answer, 2015. It doesn't happen in an hour, even in today's world of college football, folks. So I think that for Jim Harbaugh, you've won a national championship. The NCAA is beating down on your neck like the sun on a hot summer day because of, well, I think we all know at this point why exactly that took place. NFL teams want you, there are good NFL jobs open, and your roster is about to look dramatically different. So Kalen DeBoer at Washington saw the writing on the wall with what he would have to do in 2024. Now, if he'd stayed, the roster wouldn't be in quite the dire situation it currently is up in Seattle, in which you don't really know who's starting anywhere. I mean, anybody who was anybody on that roster for Washington is in the transfer portal going into next season. That wouldn't have been the case if DeBoer had stayed, but he also saw, I'm losing a lot of my top guys here, and there's an opportunity down there to go coach the Crimson Tide at Alabama. Well, Jim Harbaugh reportedly interviewed, this is according to the Chargers' social media team. I didn't know they tweet these things out now, but that's apparently how this works. Jim Harbaugh interviewed with the Los Angeles Chargers. That is a good NFL job. I think it fits Jim Harbaugh because he's been in the spotlight. He has been the center of attention. I don't know if he likes it. I don't know if it motivates him. I've never met the guy personally. Here's what I do know. He is someone who does not project as enjoying or uh, living in the spotlight is a way that he wants to be. I don't think that is his forte. And if you're the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, in which you've got a franchise quarterback, quality weapons, and good defensive players, that, that roster is a coach away from being a Super Bowl caliber team. They could be a year or two away as well, but they've got a lot of really good players there. And most importantly, they have one of the five to 10 best quarterbacks in all of college football in Justin Herbert. So that job is very, very attractive. You've got college football kind of turning you away right now. It, It has to be turning Jim Harbaugh off a little bit. The way the NCAA keeps coming after him and 
You know, there was the whole back and forth of, hey, if you come after us, then we've got dirt on other people and all this sort of stuff with the sign stealing scandal. He might want to get away from that. But he's also accomplished the biggest goal that he set out to accomplish when he was hired at Michigan back in 2015. That that was the goal. That was the promise. And through a lot of tumult on and off the field, trouble with the snap to here we are. It's amazing how quickly things can change. Sometimes it takes a long time. But this has been, no one can say that he used Michigan as a springboard. No one could blame him for going to coach in the NFL again. He had success in the NFL. He got to a Super Bowl. He was in another NFC championship game. This guy has been a really good coach everywhere he's gone. A good job is available. College football, a lot of factors to indicate, "Mm, this might be the end of the road. Here's the other thing. And this is going back to the Kalen DeBoer aspect in which he, I think, saw the writing on the wall, which was, this is going to be a much different roster come 2024. Here's a list of players from Michigan's team. If you watched any Michigan football this year, let me know if any of these names ring a bell. These guys will not be on Michigan's team next year. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum. Cornelius Johnson, Trevor Keegan, that's an offensive lineman, Zach Sinter, who got hurt but was a big part of their success this season, Roman Wilson is going to the draft, Trent Day Jones, now they added an interior offensive lineman from Northwestern, but still kind of looks like they might need a tackle over there. They did get a couple of returning announcements, it's not a Washington exact copy, it's, it's not the exact same situation as in Seattle. Rod Moore, the safeties returning. Donovan Edwards, the running back who had a big, big impact in that national championship game against the Huskies. Those two guys are coming back. But you got to replace your running back who had 27 touchdowns, your former five-star quarterback who Jim Harbaugh described as the best in the history of the university at the position. I don't know about that. I'll talk more about J.J. McCarthy later in the show. That's a lot to replace. That, that's a lot of players who <laughs> are going to have to replace next year. And Michigan, here's a sign that leads me to believe Harbaugh maybe wants to go to the NFL. They've brought in just two transfers in the 2024 cycle. Only two. Now, to be fair, they only brought in nine in 2023. So it's not as if they did a Colorado or a USC where they completely remade their roster with one transfer portal cycle. But as I just laid out with all the players that are not going to be back next year, they've got needs. And Michigan at the moment is not aggressively addressing them. Maybe it's because they feel really good about the guys that they've got waiting in the wings. That could absolutely be the case. That, that's a very real possibility. The other possibility is that Jim Harbaugh is looking at everything that's going down and everything that could be afforded to him in the NFL and saying, this is my time. And I think that this is Jim Harbaugh's time. This is when you go to the NFL. And the other factor too, is if you go to the NFL and it doesn't work out, do you think that Michigan or any other big time college wouldn't be at your front door giving it a a little knock, knock, knock if you were relieved of your coaching duties in the league and, and were suddenly available? You think you'd have a few offers? Because I imagine you would. If Matt Rule, who has not accomplished as much as Jim Harbaugh, could immediately have a big program and a big brand like Nebraska swoop him up and say, that's the guy we want to be our head coach and we believe in him because of his track record in college, 
Jim Harbaugh's record coaching college football is pretty darn impeccable. You go look at what he built at Stanford. They were a national contender. Haven't done that a lot since then. David Shaw had, you know, a little bit of a run, but it fizzled out. And before Jim Harbaugh got to Michigan, wasn't going so great. There were Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke eras, not fond memories for Wolverine fans. Jim Harbaugh is a guy who can come back to college football anytime he wants. The Chargers is a great opportunity. You've accomplished everything you want to at Michigan. Sure, you could go back and try to win another national championship. I'm sure if that ends up happening, he'd be plenty motivated to, to do that. But you have delivered on the ultimate promise of being a new coaching hire, winning a national championship at your alma mater, undefeated season. The NCAA is all over Jim Harbaugh. That's got to be wearing on him a little bit. The Chargers job is better than what you would typically get going to the NFL. Normally, it's like Matt Rule going to the Panthers. Matt Rule went to the Panthers. They were a mess. They had all sorts of issues. He wasn't able to figure it out. The owner got uh, a little bit uneasy, wasn't patient, and fired him. The Chargers are a coach away, and Jim Harbaugh can be that sort of coach. Is Caleb Williams that sort of quarterback? Is he that sort of guy that is going to come in and just change your franchise right away? Yeah, I, I think he can, depending upon the situation. But what about the situation he's leaving behind? What about what J.J. McCarthy is leaving behind? We'll talk about that after we talk about LinkedIn, of course, because at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with, just like in coaching and in sports. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that within 24 hours, 86% of small businesses have got a qualified candidate. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. With LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Caleb Williams is off to the NFL draft, likely to be the number one overall pick. JJ McCarthy is off to the NFL draft, not likely to be the number one overall pick. I'm not as high on JJ McCarthy's draft prospects. I'm also not as high on what he's leaving behind at Michigan compared to what Caleb Williams is leaving behind at USC. So USC's quarterback situation has been a curious thing to follow this offseason. As the regular season came to a close and Williams opted out of the bowl game, it was looking like they were going to add Will Howard, who I talked about on yesterday's show as potentially the most impactful quarterback transfer to make a decision thus far in the transfer portal because he's going to Ohio State where you know they're going to have great receivers and you've got a great offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach in your head coach in Ryan Day. They're also bolstering up their running game up there with Seth McLaughlin, the center from Alabama, and Quinchon Judkins, the running back from Ole Miss. So that's going to be a formidable team, as we all expect, in 2024. But what USC almost did 
was was add that same Will Howard to their team. They were this close. Everything looked like it was lining up that way. Caleb Williams was going to the NFL. There was an opening at quarterback. Malachi Nelson, who's since transferred to Boise State, watch out for the Broncos. There's going to be a G5 team in the playoffs next year. Watch out for Boise State with Malachi Nelson spinning it at quarterback there. But he departed. So then that left the Trojans with this guy, Miller Moss, who was recruited to USC before Lincoln Riley showed up. But he stuck it out. He stuck it out. And he has now set up the Trojans for success going into 2024 with their quarterback room without having to add a transfer. It sounds bizarre, doesn't it? I mean, what an old school concept to have a guy stay committed to a school amidst a coaching change, wait his turn, showcase his potential, and ward off a potential transfer. A guy in Will Howard who would have brought a Big 12 championship on his resume and Sugar Bowl appearance to USC, to the quarterback whisperer in college football, according to some, and Lincoln Riley. His track record with quarterbacks is quite good, by the way. He's produced now three Heisman winners and a runner-up. It's not exactly bad. If Will Howard is not going to be USC's quarterback, which he isn't because he's going to be Ohio State's, well, what, what exactly happened there? How did that transpire? Well, Miller Moss played in what some people would call a meaningless bowl game. I have never adopted that particular notion, nor will I ever. This is a quintessential example as to why. In the Holiday Bowl this year, down in San Diego, a fantastic American city, by the way. It's really, really tremendous. An excellent place. Miller Moss played the 15th-ranked Louisville Cardinals, a team that had played in the ACC championship game, still had their starting quarterback and head coach and several other key players playing in the bowl game. And Miller Moss went out with 7-5 and five USC and beat Louisville 42-28. to 28. Moss himself went 23 of 33. He went for just under 370 yards passing. And, oh yeah, that's right, he threw six touchdowns. He threw six touchdowns. Miller Moss attempted in that game more passes than the rest of the Michigan quarterbacks not named J.J. McCarthy attempted all season. That number, 29. Moss put it up in the air 33 times. 65 total on the season. Holds a touchdown to interception ratio thanks to that, you know, uh, six to one uh, comparison of those particular stats in the bowl game of seven to one last year. So he, he sparingly saw action, you know, San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. These were blowout games, and he was completing over 70% of his passes and, you know, had a long pass and there, had a touchdown. You didn't really know what you had. But then came the Holiday Bowl, and Miller Moss, prepared for his opportunity, did so well that Will Howard looked at that situation and at some level said to himself, hmm, no thanks. I don't, I don't really want to battle that guy. What's going on at Ohio State over there? And then he watched the Fiesta Bowl, in which Missouri gave a thorough, shall we say, beating or defeat, if you want to call it that. That'd be the light way to put it, given how that game played out. Missouri beat Ohio State, and Ohio State's offense was dreadful. Didn't matter who was at quarterback back there, whether it was Lincoln Keenholz, whether it was Devin Brown. They've got Dylan Rayola coming in. Will Howard looked at that situation and said, well, I can help them 
because there's clearly a need up there. And Ryan Day, despite saying going into the Fiesta Bowl, hey, I've got three guys that are talented. We're going to let them battle it out. No, then Will Howard became available. Will Howard became available, and Ryan Day said, nope, he's better than the guys I got, and I want to compete next year. But down at USC, Miller Moss is just spinning the ball around, impressing everybody, and that's going to be USC's quarterback, barring a dramatic change, entering 2024. So J.J. McCarthy is leaving behind an inexperienced quarterback room. There, there has not been a report of a potential transfer coming in. Most of the quarterbacks that Michigan would want to bring in to be plug-and-play starters that would play at a higher level potentially than a developmental prospect, oftentimes, though not in Miller Moss's case, of course, those guys are all off the market. Cam Ward is at Miami. Dylan Gabriel and Dante Moore are at Oregon. And Dante Moore is someone who Michigan definitely was after because he's a Detroit native, but he's going to go back up Gabriel for a year and then start for the Ducks come 2025. That's at least what the game plan appears to be. But I'm looking around going, aside from Will Rogers, who's in the transfer portal, could decide to recommit to Washington and Jed Fish. We'll see if any of those guys that, you know, came out of the portal after going into the portal and committing to Washington or guys who were on the roster and have gone into the portal, we'll see if they end up liking Jed Fish enough to hang around. That's a, that's a fascinating storyline in and of itself because the Huskies right now, a team that just played in the national championship game, they look poised for a TCU-level pullback. The Horn Frogs didn't play in a bowl game this year. They, they did not play. I'm going to say that again. They didn't play in a bowl game this year. If the current roster for Washington lined up against the rest of the rosters currently, they'd play in the Big Ten, they would not make a bowl game either. The good news for the Huskies out there is that there's a lot of time between now and the start of the season. So Jed Fish has got some work to do. But barring a Will Rogers addition to Michigan, they will be developing a new quarterback, which brings me back to the take I had to begin the show. If you're Jim Harbaugh, this was the perfect storm. This is the right time to leave. Accomplish everything you want to accomplish, and it's a big-time reset there in Ann Arbor because J.J. McCarthy is not coming back. And I don't think J.J. McCarthy is a world-beater at quarterback, but he's clearly competent and capable and can make plays and, oh yeah, just won the national championship. So USC's quarterback room is in a much better situation. A much better situation. Now, if you're the Trojans, would you maybe like to have Malachi Nelson there to back up Miller Moss in case of an injury? Perhaps. But you, you, you don't plan for your quarterback to get hurt. And Miller Moss showed that he can spin it, that he can play with this USC team, this Trojans team. So for Lincoln Riley and USC, plenty of reasons for the Trojans to be optimistic as they move into the Big Ten. Going into next year, though, I think Michigan, because of all the departures, most notably J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum, but there were several, there are, there are several other ones as well. This is the perfect time for Harbaugh to say, okay, I did everything I could, and no one's going to begrudge him. You're going to have the frustration that Washington fans feel with Kalen DeBoer of, hey, it kind of feels like you used us for two years and then bounced to Alabama and then left us with nothing. And Arizona and Jed Fish, hey, we were building something here. You're not going to have to deal with any of that. No one would blame Jim Harbaugh for leaving. No J.J. McCarthy, no Blake Corum, no Cornelius Johnson, no Roman Wilson. I mean, there are just so many guys. There's a lot to replace. It's a perfect time. Michigan's quarterback room, 
up in the air. USC's quarterback room, on the other hand, Miller Moss is that guy. Three guys that catch balls from quarterbacks, catch passes, perhaps is a better way to put that, that are going to make an impact next year. All over the country, everywhere you look, there are going to be transfer receivers that are making an impact, including a Big 12 contender. Have you included FanDuel in your in your postseason football plans yet? Because the NFL regular season is done, wildcard weekend is done, and the playoffs are very much here. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. Just place a $5 bet. You don't actually have to be right. You just win or lose, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets if you're a first-time customer. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode of Locked on College Football also brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of life, of which there are many, including the transfer portal and the coaching carousel, but it's not limited to that. Let's talk for a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's not what you would like to hear. I can't imagine more helpless feeling than needing a medication, not being able to get it, but Jace Medical is here to help. The Jace case provides a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us, and you want to be prepared. Visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com, offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. jacemedical.com, offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Good things come in threes. Like... Kit Kat fingers, which, as I say that, I think come in four. But today we're going to go with three. The Three Musketeers. That's a solid candy bar. Underrated candy bar. Three Musketeers. But anyway, three wide receivers that are going to make an impact next year who have moved around in college football, and they're going to go to a particular destination, and they're going to make an impact right away. And you're going to watch them play on Saturdays, and you're going to think back to this show in the middle of January 2024 and think, wow, I remember when Spencer was talking about this guy, and here he is making an impact. Let's start with Dorian Singer. Dorian Singer has been at this point a journeyman in college football. Two years ago, he was an all-Pac-12 conference caliber receiver. Rest in peace, Pac-12. Got to say it every time it comes up, of course. Dorian Singer was a 1,000-yard-plus receiver, led the Pac-12 in receiving yards. He's someone who was an all-conference selection and transferred to USC in the offseason. And there, bizarrely perhaps to some, he got lost in the shuffle. This is a guy who did not put up gaudy numbers this year. He was the fourth, sometimes fifth, wide receiver in Lincoln Riley's offense. Brendan Rice was ahead of him. Taj Washington was ahead of him. Michael Jackson III was ahead of him. All of these guys 
were ahead of him on on the production standpoint. That's how it appeared on the depth chart. And that was a surprise to many because of how good he was at Arizona. So this is a guy who some people might look at and might be hearing about for the first time and saying, well, he didn't do that much at USC. Maybe he's got some potential or whatnot. No, 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 no. This can be one of the three or four best receivers in the Big 12 in 2024. And do you know whose quarterback's going to be? He's transferring to Utah. Utah. I know a lot of things about the Utes, among them that Cam Rising is back for his seventh year of college football and that Kyle Whittingham is still going to be the head coach. And the Utah offense struggled at times this year because Cam Rising didn't play a single snap. I expect him to come back healthy next year. And when he is there, that guy is an all-conference caliber quarterback. He too, a couple of seasons ago, was a first-team all-Pac-12 selection. So Cam Rising at quarterback has got his wide receiver one. And that's something that Utah has not consistently had. If you look at their offenses over the last couple of years, their defenses are always going to be there. Morgan Scali, their defensive coordinator, is really good. Kyle Whittingham is a defensive guy. It's part of their culture there in Salt Lake City. They're going to build a great defense every year. They've had one of the best defenses in the Pac-12 year in and year out for the last five to ten years. If you went back and looked at it, they're just consistently at the top. I've got no questions on that side of the ball, no matter what their personnel is looking like. Offensively is where the questions have come into play. Once their offense started to pop as a program, they started winning conference championships and playing in Rose Bowl games. Cam Rising's top target in 2024 is going to be Dorian Singer. I feel pretty confident in saying that. This guy can be a 1,000-yard receiver, and Utah just hasn't had that. He just has not had that. Cam Rising has been a guy who's connected with his tight ends. Dalton Kincaid, who's now tearing it up in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills. That's been a top target. Or Brant Keithy the year prior, another tight end. These have been the go-to guys, and they've had just okay players on the perimeter. But Dorian Singer, that's an aberration in a good way for Utah offensively. So Big 12 fans, you got to be on high alert out there because Cam Rising and Dorian Singer, that can be a really lethal combination this fall. Let's go uh, to the middle of the country. A former Big 12 team, the Texas Longhorns, have added Isaiah Bond from Alabama. Now, Isaiah Bond is always going to be known for a moment that Auburn fans would prefer I never mention here on the show. But see, even without mentioning it, I have now put it into their head. So it's like that conversation in Inception where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is asking Saito, I ask you to not think about elephants. What are you thinking about? Elephants, of course. Did I really put that there? We, we I'll, I'll call Christopher Nolan and ask him. But I think that for Texas to add Isaiah Bond could be the best thing to ever happen to Isaiah Bond. Now, if he'd stayed at Alabama there would have been opportunities for him to catch the ball because that roster without Jermaine Burton is going to look different next year with its wide receiving core. You bring in Kalen DeBoer, whose track record with quarterbacks is mm, quite good. I mean, very, very good everywhere that he has been, particularly and most notably a year ago with Michael Penix, who was not a big-time heralded recruit. Jalen Milrow is someone who is going to benefit from having Kalen DeBoer as his head coach, Isaiah Bond at wide receiver could have been the same. Because Kalen DeBoer offensively with his OC Ryan Grubb, you know what they want to do? They're not exactly about running the football. They'll do it every now and then. 
but they're like a kid playing NCAA 14 or Madden. They just want to throw the football, chuck it down the field. That's what they're all about. Instead, Isaiah Bond decides, hmm, new coaching staff, not for me. I get that. He's going to Texas. That's the next best home. You've got Quinn Ewers at quarterback. He's going to be an early Heisman favorite going into next season. I'm sure he's already top five in the odds market. If not now, he certainly will be. But that's a guy who is a veteran quarterback, was just in the college football playoff. They handily won the Big 12. And you've got Steve Sarkeesian as your play caller. Steve Sarkeesian, a guy who had Xavier Worthy getting some preseason Heisman buzz. Xavier Worthy, who had a 1,000-yard season, along with Adonai Mitchell, both are gone from that Texas roster. And Isaiah Bond comes in to fill the role. That sounds like a perfect match. And I think that it truly, truly is. So I think that's a good move for Bond if he doesn't want to stay put at Alabama going to Texas, which is what he's decided to do. I think it's a good move. Lastly, we're going to go out west. I mentioned Boise State earlier because there's a going to be in the 12-team era every single year. There's going to be a G5 team in the playoff. Everyone knows that, right? So when I mention group of five programs that can make that sort of push on a locked-on college football show, we all understand how logical in nature that is, correct? Well, gosh almighty, I hope so. So Darius Clemens is not a player that left Michigan and made a bunch of headlines in Ann Arbor in which you felt, oh, that's going to be a big loss. He only had a couple catches for under 40 yards this year. Wasn't a big part of the offense. A couple years ago, though, was a pretty heralded recruit, number one recruit out of the state of Oregon, in fact. He is going to Oregon State and their new head coach, Trent Bray, and their new offensive coordinator, Ryan Gunderson. And they've got a wildly competitive quarterback battle, is what I get the sense. I think it's going to be fascinating to follow out there in Corvallis. Now, they've got seven Mountain West opponents on their schedule, four teams from uh, the Power Five. You include Washington State in there, and then they've got one FCS game. That's their 12-game schedule for 2024. One of the biggest needs for Oregon State going into this offseason has been wide receiver because they lost Silas Bolden to the transfer portal and Anthony Gould to the NFL. Those were their two leading receivers last year in a passing game that was up and down. Well, now you bring in Darius Clemens, who is the sort of big-bodied receiver that Oregon State just didn't have. And I felt like they needed to get going into last year to help out DJ Uyunglele. That's Florida State quarterback DJ Uyunglele, by the way, for those who are struggling to keep up with the quarterback transfer portal. Clemens is a guy who has not maximized his talent or anywhere near it. I fully expect him to go to Corvallis to make an impact and be one of their starting receivers. You could see Jordan Anderson, former Oregon commit and four-star recruit, come in and make an impact as a true freshman. These are the sorts of moves that Trent Bray has been making over there in Corvallis as he attempts to revamp Oregon State for 2024. I think he's got a tall task ahead of him. I think the Pac-2 out West, there is a case to be made though I'm not sure what's happening at quarterback up there in Pullman. It looks like they'll go with John Mateer, the backup, but that remains to be seen. Officially, that is. You can make the case the Washington State's better positioned to compete next year, but if Oregon State starts stringing together offensive commitments like this and everything starts to gel with either Jabari Johnson, the Missouri transfer, or Giovanni McCoy from Idaho, if one of those things happens, look out. 
because it sounds ridiculous. Oh, Oregon State could never make the playoff. They could. Hmm? Really? What if they were to go 10 and 2? Would they be ranked? Yeah, they'd be in the conversation there. What if they upset Oregon? Huh, well, you know, Oregon's lost the last two times they've been in Research Stadium. Oh, that's where they're going to play the game in 2024. So Darius Clemens, that's the third receiver I wanted to highlight here with Isaiah Bond and Dorian Singer. Those are guys that are going to be playing on Saturdays next year and altering the landscape of college football for their teams. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Thanks for liking, commenting, and subscribing wherever you listen to or watch this show. Until then, have a wonderful rest of your day.